Welcome to Seahawks Hang Time. Why are you already laughing? You're already laughing before you even start. You're like, at least give me a shot. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm John Ryan. I'm one of your hosts. Greg, introduce yourself. Oh, oh now I introduce myself. We've completely well, yeah, you wrecked it for up. you. You, you wrecked your introduction. We've completely... Oh, God, I'm sorry. I just was expecting... No, okay, go ahead. <laughs> and uh, I'm Greg Woodman, your other host. <laughs> Glad to have you here, John. Well, thanks. Good to be here. We've started this off the bang. <laughs> oh, how, shit. Uh, how is uh, Snowmageddon? Dude, I, it's it has been uh, twenty two degrees every day, oh. just frozen snow everywhere <clears throat> now. I uh, I have a good story for you. So we had a uh, we had this big storm last week, and my mom is in uh, California visiting my sister. So uh, she has a cat that needs to be. She has a person that goes and takes care of the cat. So I said, all right, I'll, I'll head out there and I will. Uh, I'll go plow your driveway. She lives on a big property, and we only got like. I don't know, eight, 10 inches. It wasn't that bad. I was like, it's, you know, no big deal. So I drive out to her house. And right when I get there, I already am just like, oh, this is not cool. They had plowed the road. And so there was like a four foot berm in front Mm. of her driveway. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't, I didn't bring my shovel. I was going to use hers there. And so I throw my boots on and I was like, I guess I'm going to have to walk to the house. I step in it thinking it's going to be hard. Both of my boots fill with, <laughs> fill with snow. I walk all the way to her house, go to get the, uh, she has a snow, like an ATV with a plow on it. So I was like, this won't be that bad. Uh, get in it and the tire's flat. So then I have to go fix the tire then uh, she calls me right as I'm about to start. She goes, oh, I think it might be out of gas. So you're going to have to go get <laughs> gas, too. So I have to walk back up to the road with the gas can, drive to the oh gas station. It took me five hours <laughs> to plow her driveway in the snow. I called her. And I go, I did the best I could. I can't feel my fingers or my hands. Oh I my just had God. to quit. That's, I'm first, over it. That's awful. And second of all, you're stuck uh, like a winter rookie still. Dude, it's you're, so bad. You're just still making rookie moves, you know? It's like you're, you're going to figure it out, but it's going to take you a few winters, I think. This, I was not prepared to have to. So even in my mind, I was like, okay, I've got a snowplow uh, or the ATV. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, I got an idea of how I'm going to do this. I, I have got a plan. I don't think I could have planned it worse if that was my goal. Like, if I had tried to come up with the worst, <laughs> least effective way to do it, it this wouldn't have, like this would have superseded that. It, just uh, a nightmare. I was just like, just what a joke. Well, I am coming your way. You can probably hear my cat's my cat's automatic feeders came on, and so now he's gonna he's gonna fly in this room. There he is, and just go to town on that food. Um, I am I'm coming to I'm coming your way tomorrow. Oh, you're coming tomorrow? Yeah, we're coming in late tomorrow night. Oh wow! So I'm not... uh, I'm pretty pumped. I'm not very pumped about the weather. It's uh, cold. you know. And we're, we're not used to that. Like, I was complaining the other day when it was 60 over here. So 22 is not going to feel good. But I'm looking forward to getting back to Washington and getting back to uh, the people that I love. That's awesome, man. I'm excited to see you. I'll be yeah. at the show on uh, on Friday and yes. maybe see you before then. So If you're in eastern Washington, Sarah's performing at Spokane Comedy Club Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. There are still tickets available. I will be there as well. 
she does a meet and greet after every show. I'll be there too. I don't know if people still want my picture and my autograph. Probably not. But if you do, I'll be there just in case. Okay. Are you going to please tell me you're going to sign everything J9 now? J9. Yes. That's, the, that's actually the only way to, uh, to sign things, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> that's not awesome. your autograph. Yeah, it is. That's J9 on it. It is now. So I went to my first Christmas party of the year on Sunday night. How was this? It, it was good. It was um, uh, Heather McDonald does a podcast called Juicy Scoop, which is like a massive, like sometimes in the top five podcasts, like tens of thousands of listeners. And so she has like a dinner. This is the second year we've gone. And there was probably like 15 people there, but it's like regular guests. And, um, yeah. you know, because Sarah's a regular on her show. Chris Franjola was there. But there's always like a couple wild cards. That I don't really know. Yeah. Um, Dr. Drew is there again. I, I'm friends with Dr. Drew a little bit because I've, I've not, not good friends, but you know, we have run into each other a few times. So Dr. Drew and his wife was there. Um, Heidi and Spencer had places. Shut up. <laughs> they had, so instead of having name tags, they actually had like a, like a little, like a, like a Barbie type doll made up of everyone. So instead of a name tag, you just found like your own Barbie doll where it was no. on the table. <laughs> so mine was the only one with the sleeves cut off. So I'm like, oh, I, that one's me. <laughs> Jeez. But um, Spencer and Heidi didn't show up. They were, they had their places set and everything. They didn't show up. Um, Lala Kent was there from uh, Vanderpump Rules. It's always just an interesting crowd, but it's always a lot of fun. It's just a nice nice dinner. But I was, it, it's, uh, well, it was my first Christmas part of the year, so it was, it was good. That's, that is uh, quite a cast, too. Like, I feel like that, if you would have just taken that, if that was like an all-day event with an open bar, that's a reality show <laughs> waiting to happen yeah. right there. I think there's a reason why she just cuts it just to dinner. Two-hour yeah. dinner. Now everyone leave. <laughs> <laughs> this cannot get any weirder. Yeah, everyone has to go home. Oh, that's all. Well, that's all. It's it's it is a Christmas party season, and and it gets you it gets you excited for the next couple of weeks. I'm jacked up on my Christmas party. Two weeks. I'm getting ready. No, no you're in, invited, Greg. You're coming. I'll, I'm coming. I'm excited. Yeah. If anyone else is listening, you're not probably not invited. <laughs> Send I me think, a message. Think, I'll give think, you his address. I think only my friends and our friends listen to this. So you guys probably are all, all invited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. I got our, our weekly pick six ready. All right. Well, before we talk about your eight and, eight and six yeah. Seahawks? Yeah. Really, another impressive game. I'm pretty it, pumped. Yeah. I woke up on Sunday morning. I was watching soccer. And Sarah goes, because we always go to a bar to watch the game. We have been anyways. Sarah's like, where are we going to go watch the game? And I was like, ah, fuck. I don't feel like watching it. <laughs> She's like, what? It's like, I'm like, I don't feel like watching football today. She's like, I've never heard you say that. And I was like, I never have said that. Are you, is someone breaking into your house right now, Greg? No, I think I just got a delivery. My dog's going crazy. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, this is an have, animal interrupted show today. We have everything going on. But anyways, we did watch the game. We watched it at a couple different bars. We switched at halftime, and it was just a very amusing game and a good game to watch. But we'll get to that before or after we get to our pick six which I have dialed up on my phone. Topic number one of all sorts of randomness, what are your thoughts on amusement parks? Uh, I, I am a fan of them in some regards, and in other ways I absolutely hate them. Have you taken the girls' tanning yet? Yeah, oh yeah, we've been to Disneyland several mm-hmm. times, um, and we've been to, uh, what else have we done? We've done some smaller ones around uh, 
as well. Like there's one over here called Silverwood. Um, I, I like they're fun, except for the crowds. I just oh. the crowds are too much, and I've come to the realization that it literally does not matter when you go to Disneyland. It no. is always way too crowded. There's always like um, books and whatever, and like the best time to go is like the middle of March or February third. It's always it, there's no good time to go. It's always no. fucking packed. I went the last time I've been there was about ten years ago with my I took my niece and nephews after the Super Bowl, so I guess it would have been nine years ago. And you know what? I, I, I like amusement parks. I think they're fun. But the thing that I hate about it, it makes me feel happy. <laughs> yeah. I, then I want to kill people. But at the start, you feel happy. The things I don't like, the crowds, number one. Number two, Disneyland, the second you walk in there, they're just trying to grab your wallet. Grab mm-hmm. every freaking dollar that you came with at every max out your credit cards. Everything costs something. Like, I can't, like They wanted to go and get made up like a princess. My, my nieces, my nephews are like a prince. And that was like it's like 130 bucks a kid or something. Yep, maybe more. They were picking up their outfits, get their hair done, and then an hour later they go home and shower, and it's all gone. It, <laughs> like, it doesn't like, last at all for that. The thing I like is honestly one of the coolest things the experiences I've had being a dad is when I took Scar. It was Scarlet, and she was. I don't five or six and I, and taking her and then at the end of the night to the parade and I remember I was sitting there and I stopped watching that and I was watching her watching it. And that to me, I just remember was such a cool experience because I went once when I was a kid and I remember how awesome I thought it was. So to see that through her eyes was really, really cool. All the other bullshit about it. It's way (laughs) too expensive. It's lines. I mean, there was one point because I think frozen had just come out Aaron took Scarlett to go do... I waited in line for an hour and 45 minutes for her to get to the oh Frozen God. thing, and I was like, this is bullshit. Yeah, no, that's crazy. So the last time I went to Disneyland was when Sarah and I went on our first date together. So I was out here with my family in California, and then so I was... Uh, like We had been talking for a month, so I took her on a date like that night, one of the nights... No, I didn't take her to Disneyland. Don't worry, people. <laughs> I didn't take her to Disneyland. But that for lunch, I took all my nieces and nephews to Ariel's Grotto yep. in Disneyland. Yep. And I ordered a seafood tower. And around 10 o'clock, 10.30 that night, the seafood tower on our date started hitting me. Oh, no. I got food poisoning. And it, was, <gasps> it hit me around like 10.30, 11 during our, our date. Like right and I just started like, I was pouring sweat. And I was just like... I ended up leaving, and then when I I was like, taking the Uber all the way back to Anaheim, and I was just like, I was like, I'm gonna puke, I'm gonna like, and I was like, deathly ill the next day, like I felt like crap. No way. The story of our first date. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I do. The Universal Studios is like maybe ten minutes from me. It's about five or six miles from here, and so Sarah hates them. So I, sometimes when she goes out of town, I'll go, and for like locals, it's like. Last time I was there, is for a local, it was like $75 for the day or $100 for a year pass. Yeah. And so I've, got, I've gone a few times, but what I do, I go like on a Tuesday morning or something, and I hit, because I'm going by myself, so I hit all the single rider, single rider lines. You know, they mm-hmm. have that, that, it's a pedophile line. That's what it is. It's a bunch of dirty old men, like, <laughs> want to get shit beside kids on it. That's what it is. Oh, I, I, God. I know. Don't let your kids ride into the single, but I go in that single line, rider line, and you can hit, like, you just walk right up to the front on every ride, and you, you hit, I hit the whole park in a half an hour. Go through Hogwarts, you know, nerd out a little bit. You know that when I live there, that I work, 
you know that when I lived there, I worked at Universal Studios, right? Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. What did you do? I worked on Terminator 2 The Ride. Really? Yeah, I just was oh. one of the people that escorted people in and out. It would have been better if you were like inside the Bart Simpson uh, character or something like that. That would be great. Being a character would have been awesome. I would have loved, but they didn't. That when I I just was on the ride and and yeah, just ushering people in all day. Well, our next topic now that we're on Christmas is uh, clutter-free gift giving, and that's a good segue. It's a great clutter-free gift to be a pass to an amusement park. Okay, so yeah, you sent this to me. What what, what is the whole theory Sarah, behind this? Sarah talked about this on her podcast the other day. Uh, Are you my podcast? Uh, check it out. But it got like last year. I started thinking like every single thing, every gift we give just ends up in a landfill eventually. Mm-hmm. So you, I've been trying to be a little more conscious about giving like um, clutter free gifts. So but the the so list, what exactly does that mean? Okay, um, more like think like an experience. Okay. Uh, I'll okay. take you out for dinner. I'll get you a gift card for dinner. Um, but when you start to go through the list, it's really funny. Um, change someone's oil for them. <laughs> if, if someone's like, hey, John, Merry Christmas. I open the card. It's like, free oil change. I'm coming over. I'll be like, ah. Good. I'm good. That's, I'm not going to cash this one in. I think I'm all good on that. But I know it's probably hard with kids. Kids want stuff. That, so that's what I was going to say. It's impossible with children to have clutter-free. Like, it is so much clutter everywhere. Here's another thing for our Christmas with Aaron. Uh, we have a little difference in the way that, that we grew up, and okay. it drives me crazy. So Aaron is one of the people who wraps, they wraps everything. Like, a gift bag doesn't exist. Everything is wrapped, including everything that comes in a stocking. Rinse, oh, rinse. Oh, like everything and, and and i it drives me nuts where i was growing up the stocking was just had stuff in it like it just got put yeah. in there it was it certainly wasn't santa didn't take the time to wrap it before it got put in there and so it's all this extra paper and i'm just like oh i hate it it's just more mess to clean up oh man so our when we were kids all our gifts to each other and the gifts from like mom and dad were all wrapped but anything from santa came out of a box because Santa didn't make boxes. That's what we thought. So anything, everything from Santa was like set up for us already. Like if we got like, well, I can't think of anything like a playhouse or a hockey net or whatever. It was, it was already set up without boxes because Santa didn't make boxes. He just made the toys. God damn. I that, wish that Santa came here because this Santa has its own, <laughs> this, the Santa that visits in Spokane has a, uh, it just has its own Santa wrapping paper. So it's just distinguished from the oh, other. Oh, Santa wraps. Interesting, interesting. So, your your girls are still full on believers. And this is I am going through it right now. Yeah. What my youngest absolutely is. My yeah. oldest is. I I know that she's already heard it at school. She has yeah. an iPad. She's kind of heard some yeah. YouTube videos, and it's it is a thing where I'm going to hang on through this year, and I know it's the last year with her. What, what grade I know is she in? She is in fifth grade. Yeah. And, and it's a year longer than I held on. I was fourth grade when I found out. And I go, you know what? She still, though, believes enough. And she believes in the elf in the shelf. I go, I'm not going to ruin it this year. Hell Next no. year, I know it'll be gone. I want to hold on to it as long as I can. My, my sister said once, I was like, do you think my kids will be mad at me someday when they realize I, I've been lying to them? I was like, hell no. 
Like, I saw an article about a psychologist that was like, when, how damaging is it to your kids to not tell them? And, and I, yeah, I was just like, I remember when I found out and someone at school told me, yeah. and I asked my mom and I said, I want you to tell me the truth. And she did. And I, I bawled hysterically. I was so upset. It just, it crushed. Like, I remember that of just being like this innocence, this belief in yeah. magic or whatever it would, I just remember that. And I think it's just part of, growing up and and but i i will hold on to it as long as possible absolutely i agree with that 100 because it's it's pretty pretty cool i mean i basically her friends were like yeah they said you know her my, my friend said her mom said that it was her and i was like well your friend's an idiot like i yeah. hate to tell you that <laughs> one of the things on here is private coach like a life coach if someone got me a life coach i'd be so not that, that nothing wrong with a life coach but to give it to someone else seems a little insulting what if what if they offered to be your life coach <laughs> I'd be like, Gary, didn't you just have your kids taken away from me last week? What 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 are you gonna teach me? <laughs> How to get your kids back for you? What, you what? Smell like weed and depression. <laughs> I don't need this. Yeah. I can see the armpit stains on your shirt, buddy. What what are you gonna teach me? <laughs> oh what if what one of those on here is a magic class? What if you got someone a magic class? Also, That's actually kinda cool. I don't know why. I, why would that be kind of fun? I just I went to a magic class one time and I learned a lot. Did you really? Yeah, just for, it was like a two hour thing. Like my my brother in law when I was living in Portland, my brother in law um, had a friend and we just went one night and it was like I, it was really cool. The guy came out in the first hour he did his whole magic show. Then the second hour he came out and showed you how he did every trick. Oh, that's awesome! It was kind of cool. Um, okay, as we're on, this might not be as big a deal for some people. I thought it was a big deal for me for tipping at Christmas time. Yeah, when you saw this, I thought about it. Like when I had the bar, the restaurant, like I had right. a Christmas bonus, um, but I didn't have, uh, other than that, like not anything that really came to mind. But I, I, I'm sure it was different for you. Yeah, well, football this time of year was all, it, like, it made me think of it yes, yesterday when I was watching football. Different stories kind of come up as I'm watching football. But right around this time of year, I remember me and Clint Gresham and Steve would start to kind of like talk about and debate how much or who we should give gifts to. Because there's, there's, you know, over probably over 100 employees that people don't see. It's not just the 53 guys on the team. You know, football, like the guys that really do work for you are the behind the scenes people, the equipment guys, the cooks, nutritionalists, uh, the guys who do the video. Uh, all those guys, the guys you have to really take care of at Christmas because that's kind of what you, you have to tip them out for the year, basically. Mm-hmm. And so it's always like a debate by like how much you should give them, how much, whatever. And um, it was always very stressful. Was there is something that like the team all did together or each guy did individually or? <laughs> some teams in some places, they'll do it. Like I remember in Green Bay, everyone threw in like seven or $800 type thing. And then they distributed among everyone in the building. But I always like to kind of give like, literally these cooks, they make you two meals a day, two or three meals a day and snacks. Six days a week for six months, and then again the four months in the off season pro or three months in the off season program. Like they're making you hundreds of meals, and like not just like here's a buffet. They make special things for individual guys. I'm like, if this was a restaurant, you know, I you know you think you tip ten bucks. They always set a few uh, like aside like a few thousand dollars a year just to take care of those people, and it always pissed me off. The guys didn't tip them. It, That's what I was going to ask. Okay, so oh. were there people who didn't who just were like absolutely not? Yeah, I think I think a lot of guys didn't know. Where really you yeah. should have like a veteran. I was like the kicker, the kicker and the long snapper was always like 
talk to like we we take care of everyone put money aside now because you're taking care of them because that's what we do but i think some like other guys didn't do it and it's kind of rude <laughs> you know it's well and it's weird too because i think in in the scale of of things of pay and things of like there the, it, it might guess i mean maybe this is a not necessarily the rightest but like sometimes the people who probably tip better didn't make as much as some of the guys who probably didn't tip that well at all that's probably true and when you look at when you look at a building like look at look at a yeah, school Look at a school. The discrepancy in pay is like the principal might be making what eighty, teachers might be making I, I don't know exactly like sixty or whatever. It's there's no one really outside of that gap. In football, there's guys in those back rooms making ten or twelve dollars an hour, punching the time clock every every morning, every night, and there's guys making thirty million a year. Did you ever? Did you write cards too, or just a hey? Here's a here's some cash. Appreciate you. I always put I always put like a thank you card, but I never I never I, you know just thanks for your help for the year, but nothing nothing heartfelt. <laughs> <laughs> here's but my just, money, you prick. Like everyday life, like like you tip your mailman. I don't tip my mailman. I do put out things in at Christmas time. I put out nice. candy bars and snacks and and do that. Uh, you know, I always tip when I go out to eat. I, I, yeah. The thing that's hard for me is in the industry I was in. And I probably tip on more things than I should. It's just a thing in me where I like I know what it's like trying to survive on tips. And especially if you don't get tipped that often, like Subway. Like I'll tip the Subway guy three, four bucks, which like yeah. you know, I know not everyone does. Um, and so that's just kind of something that I, I always do. Um, but I've noticed like since I'm not in that life anymore, I don't nearly do as many things that I have to tip for. Right. What um do you have a standard percentage that you tip at a restaurant? I I always tip 20 and if sir, this is the thing that is hard for me cuz I have been in I'm not that fun to go out with if a restaurant's doing bad like if it's busy yeah. and shit's going wrong I I start to look at everything and I'm like yeah. oh my god this I can see everything that's wrong and I'm like I just want to like watching football with me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like you can see yeah. all these things and you're like, oh, my God, this is what I would do and this is how it needs to be fixed. And even then, if it's really bad and I'm upset, I tip 18%. Yeah. I just Very, can't do less than that. I can't. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't do it. And also, I know a lot of states, I don't know if California is one of them, but servers and bartenders actually make like a server bartender wage where it's like yep. – like two or three dollars, it's like almost like nothing. Like they they really are living off the tip because it's like almost nothing in some of these states. Well, and and in Washington it is better. So it's like if minimum wage is fifteen, like usually the tipped wage in Washington was like you know it might be ten an hour. But yeah. what the people don't realize though is for that check, all of their tips then get taxed out of their their wages. So even though they make that wage, your check you don't get ten dollars an hour. You realistically do get like two or three dollars an hour. Because all oh, your geez. tips get taxed out of it. Guys, that's must be why they love cash tips then. They love it because you, you don't have to claim it. You can pocket a cash tip. And yep. I mean, cash isn't even like a thing anymore. When I was living in Wisconsin, I think the minimum wage for servers and bartenders was like $2.27 or something. A like lot it, of states, it's like that. It was under 3 bucks. And it gets taxed on top of that too. So tips even would get taxed on that lower wage too. So it would be like working for nothing. That's crazy. That's why you tip people. Don't be a dick. Speaking of people who are dicks, people who are late really oh, irk oh. me. This is here. Here's a little stat for you. I added it up one time, and I can't remember the number. I played pro football for 19 years. Every day in pro football, you have five or six, sometimes ten places to be at a certain time. If a meeting, every 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 clock in the whole building is synced up. So if a meeting starts at eight, there's no such thing as being on time because we're we're, we're counting milliseconds too. So eight is like 
eight hours, zero minutes, and zero milliseconds. That's what eight o'clock is. So when they say that millisecond hits one, now you're late. Mm-hmm. So Pete always said, there's no such thing as being on time. You're early or you're late. And so for 19 years, every day, I was not late one time. Not one meeting, not one meal, not one bus. It was It's something like 20,000 times. I was on time 20,000 times in a row. And so it pisses me off. Here's the story. I was watching. We're going to talk about Bobby Wagner later because he had a great game. It was like his third day on the job. And he walks in late to the special teams meeting. And he's a rookie at the time, so I didn't know he was going to be freaking Hall of Famer. And I'm, you know, I was always a bit of a prick. But he walks in with this fucking, now it's famous, his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles backpack on, his shell. I'm like, hey, Donatello, shut the fuck up and sit down. You know, I'm like, are you serious? Like, you're late. The third day on the job, you're late. Sit down, you rookie prick. And now it's Bobby Wagner. And now who's the prick? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, but, no, so is Sarah the same way? She's the same way. She's almost never late. But she's not as hardcore as me. Where I, I have to walk in five minutes before a hair appointment for anything. Like, I... If I'm going anywhere, like people are like, oh, L.A. all the time. Like, oh, I got stuck in traffic. Understandable. But I watch the waves. Like, if I have to be something where at 7, I start watching the waves at, like, 6. The, the app. The waves app. So I know if there's going to be traffic. So I know exactly when to get there. So it, it's a rarity that I'm late. I'm probably not as hardcore as I used to be with football and everything. But it's funny because uh, as I was watching the game yesterday, Stephen Hauschka used to be late for everything. <laughs> you, we go out for dinner at seven. He shows up at seven forty-five. You go to him, anything he does, he shows up late. And he goes to me one time. He goes, John, it's just Hauschka time, man. You just have to get used to it. it's Hauschka time. I go, Steve, you are so full of shit. You have not been late to a meeting, a practice, a meal for six years. That we played together. You have not been late one time when you have to be there. So in your personal life, you're just being a dick. And I tell him this all the time. <laughs> I am a hundred percent with you i absolutely will not be late to things i cannot stand it i it when i if i have a place to be and i said i'm going to be there i will be there aaron my wife is the complete opposite of me. <laughs> and nothing is there is probably not a more stressful or time that gets yelled around in our house is when we have somewhere to be and it's trying to get her and now my daughter starting to be like her uh, out the door it i it makes me it's so hard for me to let go of it oh, i'm just like it, we said we're gonna be there like we need to leave now yeah and i hate being late to things well the only thing that i hate more than people who are late is the people that make me late <laughs> it drives oh. me that like i'm like we gotta go we gotta go <laughs> it drives me nuts but yeah, I'm so I'm with you there. I'm not I'm not late. I am always early and I literally when I check my schedule if I have an appointment or somewhere to be, it's all I'm trying to do is, you know, keep that earliness to like 10 minutes or less. I'm not I don't want to be 25 minutes no. early, but but 10 minutes I can hang out. I got time and 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 I'm good, but I always am early. I'm yeah. yeah. I would try to go 5 minutes early. That's my number. 5 minutes early. I had a I had a buddy who's another like hardcore life life or football coach actually in the nfl and he would show up like everything like 20 25 minutes early i it, there which is still you're never going to be late if you do it i mean it's a waste you, of time but i get yeah. it yeah yeah i guess i just it, it is a big waste of time but uh as we do on this show an easy transition into would you ever be on a reality tv show when i was younger yes 
I were you ever on one? No, no, I wanted to be. I it, like, it, but I wanted to be on like the challenge. Uh, yeah, was, the challenge or, or the real world. When I was younger, I was like, that would be awesome. When I was younger, I would have done anything. When I say younger, I mean like I guess like nineteen, twenty. Yes, in that age of twenty-one, maybe twenty-one. I would have done anything to live in the real world house. Yeah, I'm with like, you, but I, I was... also I never send in a tape. Not enough to actually <laughs> try. No, I've never put any effort into it. I I, I love watching uh, Big Brother. Hmm. And I like sometimes I was like, oh, I want to go. I would love to go on it. But then I think like how like people are just like the hardcore fans like destroy everyone on that show. And if you follow me around with the camera for 24 hours a day, I'm going to say something stupid or something that can be blown or like taken the wrong way. And then if it gets blown up, like I would just feel awful. I, I There's a lot of people who've been on reality TV that have also destroyed their lives by being on reality yeah. TV. Uh, yeah. So Aaron, it's funny. Erin always says she just like her biggest dream is to be on. You know, she just thinks she wants to be on reality TV more than anything. Her favorite show is The Bachelorette. I'm like, you can still go on. Go ahead. Anytime you want. I'm like, if you can get on, I get it. Go for it. I thought I'd want to be like The Bachelor too when I was younger. And I was like, that would be awful. Really? Like, and the 41 year old. I'm like, oh, my God. Not that they're, they're going to look at my audition tape, even if I was single, but. Yeah, but it's yeah exactly. You think about oh about God. 25, 25 women and and that I'm like that's too much. No thanks. <laughs> too, too much. Hard. Too many. Too much. I was on uh, American Ninja Warrior, which yeah. is cool, which is kind of a reality show, I guess. Um, and I was on Bar Rescue for one episode, doing recon work. Sarah's been on two episodes of that, but that's that's kind of all I've done. But I've kind of, you know, I think the dream is dead. Dream's dead. I don't think I'm I still. Be on well, I was really surprised, or I think that you should still put in if they do another season of uh, Pros versus Joe. Oh, uh, Pros versus Joe's, or or the challenge they did the one with the athletes. Oh, really? And you didn't see that? They had all the guys from the challenge against like it was Terrell Owens and Olympic athletes and snowboarders, and they had a season of just athletes versus the challenge guys. Really? I didn't see oh, that. How did I miss that? Are you kidding me? The best <laughs> thing that ever happened on that was. T.O. was being a prick to everyone there. And C.T. came out and got and, and he was like, you know what, man? He's like, I'm tired of the attitude. We know why you're here. You need the money because you're broke because you lost $80 million. <laughs> and T.O. got up and left. It was amazing. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Was, uh, I think Sarah kind of had a, uh, not a direct, kind of like a, a, an offer to do a celebrity Big Brother. Yeah, she'd be great on it. She would cry. She would cry within the first day. She couldn't be locked. She could just like it's like her worst nightmare. Next to going to an amusement park, she'd be locked in a house with twenty other assholes. That's true. <laughs> so now we're gonna get into a little football, Greg. You, you're talking about that. You can introduce this topic that you. Oh, uh, yeah. So we were, as we're going through topics, you know, I, I had one, and I just wanted to know real quick, like your take on the pass interference rule. I don't know if you saw the very end of the Saints Bucks game, but. Bucks are down by 14. It's three to I, – I, they're down by – anyway. So there's three minutes left in the game. It's second and 20. Tom Brady, they're on the 50-yard line. And it, this game looks like it's over. Tom Brady throws a ball into the end zone. Pass interference call. It was, it was pass interference, but that moves them to the one-yard line. Yep. They punch it in. They get the ball back. They go down and score. So my question is – what do you think of the pass interference rule? In the NFL, it's spot of the foul. In college, it's 15 yards. I, I think, really, it should be spot of the foul, in my opinion. You do? I mean, you don't think it's too much well, of a penalty? No, because you're basically saying that if that guy wasn't there, he would have caught the ball. 
Not necessarily. But that, that, that's how I want the penalty to be called. <laughs> when you're, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're taking away the opportunity to catch the ball from a receiver. But when you see those ones that are, are just, they're touch foul, it's just such a big penalty. It's the biggest penalty in the game it, it, where, where at times you've seen teams, you know, you throw up a Hail Mary and yeah. it, you get bumped and then all of a sudden, like, you get another play and you move 50 yards. It just seems a bit excessive and it can change the game a lot on yeah. not necessarily a play that was guaranteed to be made. Right. But that's how I, I think it should be called more that way because I know it is, I mean, everyone's going to call it slightly different, no matter what we do, no matter what standards you, yeah. you set up. It's going to—it's one of the it's one of the calls in football where it's kind of—is it is it not? It's kind of like holding, you know. It's like—is it holding? Is it not? Like people are held on every play in football. That doesn't mean it's holding. People are saying there's a holding on every play in football. No, people are <laughs> held, but that's not what a holding penalty is. Yeah. If you block yeah. properly and your hands inside a guy and you 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 can grab him by the shoulder and hold him all you want because that's not holding. Even, yeah. even though he's being held. But pass interference is so subjective in a way because when when I said earlier, I'm like, I think it should be at the spot of the foul because I think it should be called in a way that if that guy had not committed that foul, the guy would have caught the ball. Yeah, I get, yes, I get that. I just think that sometimes that it, it – it does go that way and other times it doesn't. Or there's, you know, and it's debatable too where there's, how many times have you seen a, a receiver get mauled on a play and they don't throw a flag? It's also yeah. so inconsistent at times that it doesn't make sense. See, in Canada, you can, remember that one year you could challenge it, but the only time they ever overruled it is the guy like basically got tackled and they just somehow missed it. Yeah. In the CFL, you can actually, you can actually challenge it, like a normal pass interference call, and it's challenged all the time, which is good, but it freaking breaks up the game so much. So in the CFL, is it also a spot foul? That was my other question. Yes. It is. Okay. It is a spot foul. But it, 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 the more things you challenge, like in Canada, you can challenge almost anything. You can challenge almost any call on the field. And yeah. it just breaks up the game even more, which drives me nuts that a game that has no flow to it. But at the same time, they get it right more often than they get it wrong. But I mean, what, what a classic Tom Brady thing. You know, not only does he come back and win, but he gets the calls. You know, he it's, it's a classic Totally class. Come, a great come from behind win, but also got a bunch of help from the NFL. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody's helping them out. Uh, should we talk about this game? Yes. Go. Eight. What, are they eight? what does record now? Eight and six. Eight and six. That's what I said earlier. Eight and six. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Three games to go. Coming on the road. A divisional game, yeah, Stafford was out, but you know, it wasn't a high school quarterback playing. It was a freaking NFL quarterback playing, so we, we'll take the win gladly. But just a good, good football game, back and forth. Um, I, I, I was impressed. Uh, absolutely. I was 100%, and we are totally wrong on the record. They're 7-5. Yep, that's why they don't have three games left, because they have five. Yep, 7-5. and five. Uh, I knew they were too... <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like we host a podcast about the Seahawks or something. Uh, the record. Uh, so, yeah, that game... Uh, it was weird to see the players that they didn't have, but you saying that also made me think of something, and I looked it up during the game, and I, and, and I had kind of forgotten about... Like, imagine if we still had Jamal Adams on that field. Yeah, I, I exactly. Some of the guys that were missing, I was like, good grief. Like, if I bet you he is actually just... Kill, he's so mad that he can't play this year because him yeah. and the difference he would make on that God, defense. I almost I, I didn't I didn't forget about him, but you bring that up and wow. 
yeah, that he is missing. And and with him in there, I think that there's two or three more wins that we have that we uh, games we don't lose that I think his the difference he would have made would have made up for those. Not only not only is he kind of the backbone of that defense, but he's such a leader. Yes, that's what like I mean. He, even, even the guys, the guys would learn even more from yeah. him being there. He would not let them make those mistakes. Like I, I had forgot about that till I looked it up and I went, "Good God, if he was on this team right now, I bet you we would have two or three more wins." Absolutely, I, I agree with you. I mean, to have him back there to help out those young guys, like Tariq Woolen with his sixth interception already. Dude, like, this guy's come out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Like, University of Texas San Antonio. <laughs> Do they even yeah. have a football program? Apparently, I mean a pretty good one. Apparently, if they're producing guys like that, my God. Well, wasn't he? I thought they were talking about him, and he was a receiver. Yeah, wasn't he a receiver? Him? Yeah, I think so. I think that they. I think that's who they were. I'll have to double check that. Once again, this is a Seahawks podcast where we don't really I know mean, the information. We make it up as we go. Richard Sherman was a convert too. He was. Uh, he started at Stanford as a receiver, and then they they switched him over. I don't know when, but how how funny would it would have been if we would have had uh, Richard Sherman and Doug Baldwin at receiver. <laughs> Stanford boys, <laughs> underrated. So I, so I was surprised. I thought you were, you didn't go to the game. Nah, I want if to watch. You, my question before. was: Is if you would have went to that game, would you have like gotten down on the sidelines or? Yeah, I probably would have just like stay hi to all the equipment guys and the well, uh, the big the story with staff, that. Pete. Big story with that, obviously, is you know the first game with Bobby Wagner, and they kind of. Oh started talking the way the game was going of like, you know, they're giving each other hugs and they're happy. But as that game got, it got real chippy. You could see oh, between yeah. him and Jalen Ramsey and then DK Metcalf, who wants to fight everybody. Yeah. He, uh, they, it was, that game started getting really intense and physical. And you could tell that though, I mean, they all wanted that game. I mean, Met, I think if he put Metcalf in front of a mirror, he'd take a swing. He wants to beat the <laughs> fuck out of everybody. I mean, the guy is, the guy is great, but it's just, it, you got to love that intensity. And you know, Bobby Wagner, such a great guy. Turtle backpack, Donatello. Um, did I say that, Donatello? Yes. You're, you did say that right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, just a great guy. But when he's between those lines, it's, you could tell that not only did he like, have that normal fire, that it was, it was personal on Sunday afternoon. It was personal. He, he wanted to take it to the Seahawks. And he, he did. A hundred percent. He had a hell of a game. And I he mean, was it was everywhere. It's the same, and I almost see the the difference in intensity, once again, bringing up an, an old player, but the way he was on that sideline compared to even like Russell Wilson playing week one, I mean, he wanted more than anything to, I mean, he had a hell of a game. What did he, what did he have? Two sacks? Uh, interception. Interception. I mean, he, he played his ass off and like, showed you know, how guy, good he still is. That guy plays sideline to sideline like no one I've ever seen, I don't think. He's all over the place. And he, when you look back at his career, is he a Hall of Famer? I don't see how he could not be Yeah, in that position. I, I mean, didn't yeah. he? He led the Seahawks in tackles every year. Like, breaking record. Breaking his own record over and over year again. After, like he was, year after year. There was an interesting talk on ESPN that said, is Russell Wilson actually playing himself out of the Hall of Fame right now? Like, is it possible to play yourself out of the Hall of Fame? Mm-hmm. Well, if See, his I, career, if he would have retired this year, he wouldn't have been a Hall of Famer. Exactly. That's what. That's my argument. I think if you follow the trajectory of what his career should have been, like this is the down year. I think he's going to come back. But right now, you people said he's a Hall of Famer because they didn't think he was going to drop off the face of the earth. They thought the trajectory was going to, you know, level out a little bit and start to go down, and that's a normal career not to just drop off. But I don't think you. Can, I don't think you can play yourself out of the Hall of Fame. You can if you have another year like this. 
Well, but, I, 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 but then my argument was oh. he wasn't a Hall of Famer to start off with. No, because if he would have continued his same, if he would have continued to put up the same stats and maybe never went to another Super Bowl, I still think he, he would have been a Hall of Famer because his numbers uh, up until this yeah. year were on pace with only Aaron Rodgers, okay. you know, yep. Matt Stafford. Like those are the only guys that were in the same level as him. I, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. But it just it, it, the the, the drop off has been so sharp. My only argument, like if he retired today, he wouldn't have like or last no. year he wouldn't have been a Hall of Famer. Well, like think think of Michael Jordan playing for the Washington Wizards. He wasn't going to play himself out. He could have averaged two points a game. He wasn't going to play himself in the Hall of Fame. But I That's guess his, his career was already much farther ahead than Russell Wilson's is. Well, yeah, he was the greatest basketball player that has ever played the game. So he could just play a bit. Oh, yeah. Say, say more Generation Xer. Oh, you said Generation <laughs> Xer. Okay. So in the game, though, um, Seahawks, I, they've got to figure out how to. we got to stop the run. The the every week, whoever the yeah. running back is, Jesus Christ, they just you know that that is the one thing where I, I that is the hole they have got to plug. Um, all in all, man, Geno Smith, uh, he threw some passes yesterday that were just dimes that I, I he just keeps getting better. Well, here's the thing: this is a really good, like a really good game for him in that he lost two in a row. Last week he looked human. You know, it wasn't. He, I think he still threw for three hundred sixty-seven yards last week, or something crazy like that. But he, he looked, or this week he threw for three sixty-seven. But he he played well, but he looked human. And now we're on a two-game losing streak, a divisional opponent on the road, and he comes up huge. And and three, and, and a game-winning drive, like they take yeah. the lead, and he does what absolutely you have to do if you're going to be that that quarterback. You have to take the field and drive down and win. Three three touchdown passes. His only interception was the one that Bobby Wagner, which you know, it's not not on him his shoulders whatsoever. Once again, oscillate. another interception stat. Like I said, the ones that get tipped up that aren't your fault. That one absolutely was not an interception. <laughs> just yeah, it's, manhandled him and took it from him. Yeah, just great. But you know, this game is like when a, you need a big game, your big players have to show up. Geno Smith showed up. Lockett and Metcalf both went for 128 and 127, respectively. 17 catches between them. Those are the guys I want to step up. Obviously, losing um, K-9 to that injury is uh, alarming. So here's the other thing that I saw that I wanted to know what your thought was. So uh, K-9 goes down. DJ Dallas goes down. Then they said, we only have one running back left. They put him in. He goes down. Yeah. And then DJ Dallas comes back in. And so I was kind of wondering how often is that or what's what's going on where this guy, you know, he's like, shit, I'm hurt. I don't think I can play. And they're like, get your ass back in there because you don't have a choice anymore. It's that, it's that old thing where Pete probably came on and we went, Dallas, are you hurt or are you injured? Because if you're hurt, get your ass back in there. We'll deal with this tomorrow. If you're injured, I understand. But if you're hurt, you get back in the field. Did who? I, I didn't have a sound on. So did they say who would come in in that situation? Uh, no, they said at that point, they, well, because they didn't know what they were going to do. When he went down, even the announcers were, oh, and just real quick side note, uh, Mark Sanchez, what the hell are you mumbling on about? He is, he is not good. Don't I, like I, him as an announcer. Uh, I, I'm not, a, I'm just not a fan. I hope he gets a little more polished this offseason. He, he tries to like throw in like really cool, like, like sayings. Like he tries to be like, oh, it looks like he's walking through a park of geraniums. Like, what are you talking about, Sanchez? I don't understand the reference here. Like, it sounds bad, but like Mark Sanchez is. You listen to a Tony Romo is so fun to listen. Oh, to. He is so yeah. smart in, in in his IQ level of football and the the way he does things. 
And then you bring in Mark Sanchez and you're like, I can tell that you're the guy who fumbled by running into someone's <laughs> butt. Because yep. It's just not the same. Like, this is not, I don't know. Anyway, but besides that, they were every just saying time, like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Every time they say Mark Sanchez, do you mumble under your breath, dirty Sanchez? Yeah. <laughs> Are you as immature as I am? Yeah. Dirty Sanchez. <laughs> oh, oh, that guy. I just, I don't like that crew. I, I, anyway, um, I did have another thing that got brought up. The, I, I, it was the, the that's the play that he got injured. So the, the, I don't remember his name, the third four string running back, that play where he got absolutely Jones? blown up with, yes, with the, with, and then the penalty got called that he got hurt on, uh, really hard, look like helmet to helmet hit. And they were talked about, you know, could he possibly be ejected for that hit? But yeah. then you saw my, my question for you is you see, Jalen Ramsey and these other guys coming up and high-fiving him and chest bumping. And, and then he went to the sidelines and even the sideline, like, like celebrating. The coach gave after, him a high-five. What? One of the coaches gave him like a high-five. And, that's what, I, and that was, that's what I was going to so, say. So I, I haven't seen that much, but I really did not like seeing players celebrating one over a penalty and two over someone being injured. That, that to me, was pretty classless. I agree with you. Sarah pointed that out right away. It was really bothering her because she hates, obviously, when a player's hurt and the other people are celebrating. I understand uh, if you're tied up and you're doing your job inside and you turn around and a guy gets blown up, you're like, yeah, great hit. But then when you see that he's down and he's hurt, then you got to cool it off a little bit. Like, I understand guys didn't see it. But guys on the bench, they're watching the highlight. They're watching the replay and they, they see it live. I mean, as a coach, you should know better than to give a guy a high five when a guy potentially could be kicked out of the game for a helmet to helmet targeting hit. Like that's, I think that, that's classless. And, and that's where I, I, I was kind of the same note I made to myself was just like, even in this game, I think you see most of the time that it can be as competitive and as, as, you know, big of a rivalry as you want, but there's still a brotherhood of like, Hey, we don't want to see this. And that, and that game had gotten chippy and people, but they did it. Then they saw he was hurt and then continued to do it. And I was like, that's fucked up. Like, you guys, yeah. like, that makes you look bad. When you say the brotherhood thing, that's a big thing, in my opinion. Like, yeah, you want to you wanna kill the guys on the other side within the rules. Because you know, after the game, they're getting in their car with their wife, going home to their kids. They have a life outside of this. They're not just, you know, warriors that are going to the death right now. I got, I, I'm a little bit involved with rugby now. I'm part owner of the Dallas Jackals, professional mm-hmm. rugby team in Dallas. And I'm still learning the game because I don't know much about it. And the guy was uh, an old rugby coach who played for, like, Team Australia. Really hardcore guy. And he was telling me because it's such a brotherhood. And it's such a rough game in rugby, but it's such a brotherhood. He said, when I'm tackling a player, I'm responsible for his safety. And I thought that was like, he was like, I have to use proper form. I'm putting him down, but I'm not trying to kill him. Because I'm responsible if he gets hurt. And I I love that saying because I never thought of it that way. Where, yeah, you want to crush a guy, but you want to do it within the rules. And, like... That whole like old school like I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt him is like you know you know we're all making great money but at the same time we still have lives outside of this. It's, it's, it's as you said I just thought it was classless. Yeah. So you know it, all in all great game. Uh, you know a couple that that one throw it was I think the first touchdown pass where Gino kind of waited for a second and then he lobbed it to the back of the end zone. Yeah. I was like dude that was such a dime. The, the, the font the font one. Uh yeah yeah and, just, yeah. I mean, like, so all in all, the, this team, we they absolutely did what they needed to do. Um, it, now, man, Garoppolo goes down for the season. It, all of a sudden, this division opens right back up. Like, Rams ain't is, crap. Arizona ain't crap. I mean, it, it's all of a sudden, this one week, and now you're just like, whoa. 
And before before we sign off here, I want to go one more time. Completions and rushing attempts. If you I, go over I, fifty, I, you win football games. The Seahawks had fifty attempts. Fifty. The fifty. Browns had forty-seven. It's almost all the time the team that if you hit fifty or you hit or if both teams hit fifty, you have more than the opponent. You almost always win. Which it's such a crazy stat that I'd never ever heard of in that, and yeah. it has been a true every single time you've seen this game. Yeah, there, there's some outliers, but it's very rare. So, where are we next week? Uh, next week they are against. Uh, do we play the Jets yet? In the- Seattle against the Carolina Panthers. December eleventh. You got to handle that. Should be a win. Yeah, and the home, Niners. You got to. Ha- how about um, Baker Mayfield getting released? Hey, well, I didn't even see that. Yeah, he got released. Thank God, I can't. So now, stand now we're talking. Him. I can't stand him. He's a he's a little puke. He's a little Johnny Manziel puke. Dude, I can't um, wait for him and Johnny Manziel to start their own failing football team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why? Why haven't they been on it? Why hasn't Johnny Manziel been on a reality show yet? I don't uh, need to see that. Okay, but, uh, so last last they, thing. Four out of the last be, I'll go four I mean, out of Baker, the last five games. Yep. At home. That's crazy. That's such an advantage. Cause Shoot. now the wet, the weather's starting to turn now, and you're playing in front of twelve. It's no nothing. travel, regular start times. And this this is lining up that if they if they can write that defense a little bit and just stop get some more stops, this they could easily they got tough games, but we could be looking at Winning the NFC West, yeah, which I mean, no what, way did I think that that would happen. Dear God, no. Well, one, one game behind Stan Fran, but as he said, their starting quarterback on Sunday might be freaking Baker Mayfield. So, giddy up. But yeah, it's if uh, somebody hit Baker Mayfield, I hope they celebrate on the sidelines the whole time, <laughs> <laughs> like streamers and like, <laughs> like me, 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 me. He's the only one. He's the he only one. A dance party just breaks out on the sideline. Just oh. all right. Uh, all right, dude, Greg. Great episode, weekend, Lots of buddy. Fun. Yeah, let me know weekend. when. You... Sounds good. I uh, once again go Hawks. Go Hawks.